0: Divorce court, and then the dirt mounding over his grave that had brought kate to the breaking point she'd had to get out of chicago and come home to scotland maybe here she could pull herself together and eventually revive her writing career she went back to slogging through the slush not really thinking about the cold the tension that had built up over the last few days was getting to her now it increased exponentially, making the knot at the back of her neck feel like a burning fist. Dady, the only family Kate had left. Her gran would wring her neck for not letting her know she was coming. Kate had tried, sort of. Before the plane lifted off, she'd called, but Dady hadn't answered, and there'd been no machine to take a message, What kind of granddaughter waits until the last second to let her gran know she's coming? A stupid one? But dang it, Dady wasn't your typical gran. Kate loved her, but the old gal had issues. Crabby, in-your-face issues. During their last phone call, her gran had made it perfectly clear what she thought of Kate. A chip off the old block. Specifically, her father's worthless, good-for-nothing block. Kate knew there'd be hell to pay. She'd never given Dady a good reason for staying away so long. But what could she have said? I can't leave town because my husband screws around at every opportunity? Or, I lost myself along the way and did everything the cheating bastard told me to do. How ridiculous Kate felt, especially now. What if her grandmother and the other townsfolk rejected her? Kate hadn't visited even when she was an adult and had the means. In Gandigow's eyes, that was indefensible, regardless of Tom. Kate had slapped her kinsmen in the face, and they would surely repay her by showing her their backs. What would she do then? The gravel and slush gave way to a cobblestone walkway. Under other circumstances, Kate would have found the winding sidewalk charming, but right now it felt like the devil's path. Her heels kept getting lodged in between the stones, and every few feet, the suitcase wheels got stuck, too. If she had to lug the baggage much farther, her arms were in serious danger of being ripped from their sockets. Six houses and two turns of the stone walk later, she found cottage number 13. Her heart stopped. There had to be a mistake. This couldn't be the two-bedroom bungalow she'd seen online— that one had been a quaint, one-and-a-half-story, ivy-covered dream. This one was a black, smoky ruin. It figures, Kate groaned. Dangling sideways from a wrought-iron post hung the number 13 sign. Judging by the look of the charred wood, a fire had claimed every bit of her new home. The only parts left were the chest-high stone wall surrounding the perimeter of the house and a smoke-stained chimney jutting out of the ashes. Her house was dead. It all made sense now. Death comes in threes, wasn't that the old saying? Well, the Christmas tree back in Chicago had knocked off first. It had turned into a skeleton and dropped pine needles all over the floor. Tom, her lying, cheating weasel of a husband, went next, He'd had a heart attack while inserting his holiday sausage into his mistress. And now her new home was dead, too. A freaking funeral pyre. A shiver, which had nothing to do with Scotland's frigid December weather, overtook her. I'm such a frickin' idiot. Could life get any worse? A fat raindrop hit her head, then another, just like that, the heavens opened up and dropped a crap load of rain on her dumbass head. She looked up. Thanks. She dragged her bags to the house next door with the intent of using her neighbor's phone. While stepping up on the porch, she formulated a few choice words for the online real estate agent, the big swindler. Before reaching for the knocker, Kate decided to first dislodge the rock from her shoe but when she bent over, the door suddenly opened. Out of the corner of her eye, she saw a man come through and stop short. She felt pretty sure, even from that angle, he was giving her ass the once-over. She had every intention of giving him a piece of her mind. She didn't allow men to ogle her like a rump roast. But when she stood and saw who was eyeing her, Oh my God, Mr. Darcy, she nearly fell in the ice and mud. She couldn't catch her breath. Graham Buchanan.